Hey, One Church, how you guys doing? Fantastic. My name's Chris, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And uh, I just want to say just a hearty welcome. If this is your first time here, uh, you're our honored guest. And uh, thank you so much for coming. Uh, if you've been to One Church before, thanks for coming back. We're in the middle of this series called Labels. And uh, before I go any further, I just want to say a huge thank you uh, to our pastors on staff uh, they've given me a much-needed break. I've not preached for like five weeks, so I'm a little rusty. So, um, But a huge thank you to Josh and Ryan and Luther. They did a great job. And uh, uh, we can give them a hand. Yeah, absolutely. And then a, a friend of mine, he preached for me last week. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, I was reading his book. And uh, at, at, actually reading his book last year, I thought, you know, this would make a good series. So he preached last week. And since he preached last week... Did a fantastic job. Uh, I had like three people email me on Monday morning saying, is he going to be back? And I'm like, no, it's just me. <laughs> so I'm going to need to remember that before I take a break before and then come back, I need to find somebody who stinks because it wasn't him. And uh, he did a great job. His name was David Foster. And uh, uh, his book, we're actually... Uh, uh, we actually have that at the resource table, so if you guys want to pick that up. Like I said, we're, con- we're continuing this series called Labels. Now, I'm going to need some help just uh, and see if you can help me with this. I'm going to say a name, and I want you to give me the label or the nickname uh, for this person. All right, let's start. Uh, let's go with Conan the Barbarian. All right, very good. Some of y'all are really excited about this. Buffy the... All right, uh, Attila the, cool, Winnie the, all right, y'all are really good. Now, I want, now here's what I, every one of those, I don't know quite what poo means, but um, I know what hun means and slayer and barbarian, all right? Now, let me just ask a quick question. When somebody mentions your name, what is the adjective that's used after that, all right? Darcy the, all right? Um, Jim, the, um, Bill, the, Bob, the builder. Thank you. Very good. Very good. That's, that's what I was thinking of. Cause see, here's the thing. All of us wear labels, don't we? And see, some of you, when you were born, you immediately got labeled. Oh, he looks just like his mom. He looks just like your dad. He's kind of bald and pudgy. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean, we're all labeled. And then, you know, as we go through the terrible twos, that's a label, right? And then we go into school and people label us. And then it gets official and they put, you know, letter grades by our labels and problem child. All of us get, we get labeled. And not only does other people label us, many times we have a tendency to label ourselves. And what I want to ask the question today is why? Why do we tend to label people? And I think the answer is found right here. I have right here a can. Now, some of you, you're already bothered. Because you realize on this can, there is no what? Label. And for some of you, this bothers you so much because you're like, what's in the can? Right? I mean, some of you, you just want to just slap a label on it, even if you don't know what's in here, just so that you can know, hey, it's dog food. By the way, it's not. Right. 
Now, others of you, when you look at this can with no label on it, you see this as an opportunity of discovery. You think, okay, I want, since I can't see what's on the outside, what's inside, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to take a can opener and we're going to have to open this puppy up so that we can figure out what's inside. But some of you, you're like, this is an opportunity for discovery. All right? This is like an Indiana Jones moment. All right? Some of you, you think, okay, there might be pineapple in here. For others, it might, oh, it must be mixed fruit. Others, you might, oh, it, it may be green beans. For others of you who don't love Jesus, it may be olives. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I don't like olives. My very first job, I was uh, working at a Mr. Getty's. And not this one here at Exit 1. But it was on Madison Street here in Clarksville. And I'll never forget, somebody, I had a, a Coke. And I was working, I was doing the, the pizza bar. I almost said bar. And some of you are like, the preacher's drinking. No, no, pizza bar, right? And I been doing the pizza bar. And while I was gone, somebody poured some uh, olive juice in my, in my Coke. And uh, I almost was convicted of murder, but not quite. And since then, I've not liked olives. It's not olives. For some of you, it's sweet peas. Again, you don't love Jesus. English peas, all right? I don't know about you, but like when I was a kid and I went into high school, I got those English peas and we'd mash them between our fingers. I don't know if any of y'all did that. But we see this as an opportunity for discovery. You see, without the label on the can, the only way to figure out what's inside is to do what? Open it. And that is the reason why we label people. You see, here's the reason why we label people. We label people, we slap labels on people because we don't want to take the time to figure out what's inside. You see, that's the reason why we do it on cans. Because if if we didn't have a label, we'd have to open it up. Oh, okay, I wanted pineapple and sweet peas, and God hates me, right? Um, But the reason why we... The reason why we label people is so that we don't have to take enough time to actually get to know them to see what's inside of them. And all of us, we have a tendency to label people. She's a diva. He's a jock. She's a skank. Oh, he is, she's just a housewife. He's just a private. You know, she is single. He is incompatible. He's a bad husband. She's a good mom. We label people because we really don't want to take the time to get to know them. We label others because we don't want to take the time to discover what's really inside of them. She's just a dumb blonde. He's a thug. She's skinny. He's fat. I mean, it could go on and on and on. And when we label people, we write them off and say, you know what? I really don't care what really is inside of you. I'm just going to slap a label on just and that's it. You're done. We might label people because of what other people might say about them. I mean, a lot of times that happens. Oh, well, somebody, we know she's just a goody two-shoes. Her stuff doesn't stink. Oh, really? Have you taken the time to get to know her? Oh, he, he, think he, he just thinks he's more important than everybody else. Really? 
Now, you may have heard that from somebody, but have you taken the time to spend some time with that person and really know what's inside of them? You see, we label people because we don't want to take the time to get involved relationally with people. And I just want to say, from the start of this series, it doesn't matter what somebody has labeled you. In fact, it doesn't even matter what you have labeled yourself. It doesn't matter what your parents or teachers or friends or not-so-friends have labeled you. You are worth more than your labels to God. When God sees you, He doesn't just see the label. He sees what's on the inside. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says this. People look on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God looks on the inside, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to be talking about relational labels. These are labels that we all tend to wear because of the relationships we have with people. Now, here's the thing. This is a huge one because so many times relationships can define us. And it's on those, when they define us, they label us. And those are some of the worst labels that we could ever experience. When relationships define us, it can be so painful to wear those labels. And maybe some of you, you you've been labeled loser. And you're like, oh, well, that doesn't hurt. No, it does hurt. Maybe you were named the label reject, outcast. And probably, again, the nastiest one of them all is incompatible. You know, you just weren't meant to have a family. You just weren't meant to be married and to have kids. You're incompatible. Let me tell you, God sees you as more than that. Our big idea today, as many of you know, at One Church we teach one point, one big idea, and we're going to be looking at Colossians 2 from this big idea. The big idea is this. When we look to people to define us, we expect people to be something that only God can be. When we look to people to define us, we expect them to be something that only God can be. That's important because when we look for people to define us, let me tell you, we will always end up getting hurt. Always. 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 When we chip away all those labels, because what we have a tendency to do is just slap labels on here. And some of you, you're like this can, except you're covered with 20 different labels. In this series, it's my prayer that God peels each one of these labels back so that you can see who you really are in Jesus, who you really are in God. Now, if you think about it, when we chip away all these different labels that we wear, the reason why we wear them is because all of us want to be accepted, right? All of us want to have a stamp of approval. That's the reason why we try to get into certain clubs, get into certain frats or sororities. This is the reason why we try getting certain rank. It's the reason why we try to get in a certain group because we think, if I could be in that group, then I would be accepted. If I could be in that group, then I would be happy. If I could get in, in those friends in that circle and that socioeconomic range, if I could make this much money, then... I would have a good label. All of us run to organizations or to people to define us. But the problem is, our big idea, when we allow other people to define us, we're putting them in a place where only God should be. And we will always end up getting hurt. Always, 
always, always, let me just apply this. My wife, you know what? I can look at my wife and say, I want to bring her strength. And I do. But I can't be the source of her strength. I can't be her strength. I can look at my kids and say, you know what? I want to bring them joy. But I can't be their joy. Our staff here at One Church, I can look at them and say, I want to, I want to see them successful. But I can't bring them success. You know, when we come to human relationships, our job is to, our role is to be the resource, not the source. To be a resource, not the source. When we confuse that, we will always end up getting hurt. We will always end up getting disappointed and will feel betrayed because we're putting people in a, in a place that only God can be. I mean, you think about it. If I could say, yeah, I want my wife to be strength. I, if I want to be her strength, and, and if she relies on me to be her strength, what's, there's going to be some time in our marriage I'm going to be weak. And she's going to feel betrayed. And she's going to feel like, well, he didn't measure up. And you know what? I didn't. You know why? Because I can't. Why? Because only God can be somebody's strength 100% of the time. My kids. I want my kids to be happy. And you want your kids to be successful and happy too. Right? Right? Now here's the thing. I can't be, I can't make them be happy. In fact, some of you, I'm going to just talk to the parents right now. Because some of us, that's exactly what we try to do. We try to get them happy. And we try to buy them stuff. And we try to be their happiness when we cannot be their source of happiness. All right? It's like this. I think many of us, Many of us as parents, our job is to prepare our kids, but what we settle for is to protect our kids. Our job is to prepare our children, but what we end up doing is protecting our children, and we spend all of this energy and money trying to get them in a certain group, wearing a certain label so that they will be accepted, setting them up for success. That's what we try to do, where they can get validated, where they're accepted, where they're in the in-group, because we didn't want them to walk in the out-group, because that's how we were. And we end up manipulating, and we end up protecting them and not preparing them. How many of y'all ever seen the movie Finding Nemo? Love that movie. I, I don't know if you remember this movie. This is a line of the movie. Nemo's dead Marlin says this about raising Nemo. I promised I'd never let anything happen to him. Remember this? And what does Dory say? That's a funny thing to promise. You can't let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. Not much fun for little Harpo. Right? But that's what so many of us try to do as parents, isn't it? We protect them. And we, we fail to prepare them. It, it's, it's, like a, it's like a bird in the nest. If, if a mama bird only protects their babies, then that baby's never ever going to fly. But that mama bird's job is to do what? Prepare that little bird to do what? Fly. If you don't, it's called a penguin. Right? Not going to work. All right? So, I mean, it, but if we spend all of our time protecting them and trying to manipulate them, let me tell you, you want a great social network, it's called toddlers and tiaras. That's called child abuse. Throwing that out there. All right? Here's the thing. Y'all can clap. I'm totally right. <laughs> All right? All right. Anyway, when we look to people to define us, 
We, we expect them to be something that only God can be, and we set ourselves up for disappointment. Now, quick question before we go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Quick question. This is the question. Do your relationships define you, or do you define your relationships? Think about that question. Do, do your relationships define you, or do you define your relationships? Now, most of us say, oh, I define my relationships. But if, you, if we sit on that question a little bit, if we dig down a little deeper, we would probably, most of us say, no, I, probably our relationships define us. Why? Because we expect other people to give us worth. And that's not their job. Only God can do that. All right, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Or if you have a smartphone, you can go on Version. You can download that and you can follow along. Or if you don't have a smartphone or a phone, um, it's going to be up here on the screens. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says this. So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, let's say these next words. Continue to live in, continue to live in him. Now, if you want to have any hope of winning the battle of how you see yourself, if you want to have any hope of how you label yourself and how other people label yourself, then what you're going to have to do is throw that verse up there if you would again. You're going to have to continue to live in him. And let me tell you, that is a day-by-day process. That is spending day-by-day with him. You have to live in him. If you want to make sure your self-worth is determined by healthy things, That is huge. You have to live in him. Now, this is more than just saying a prayer. I mean, Paul's not writing, say, hey, raise your hand, say a prayer, and you're done. No, no, no. You have to live every day making the choice to say, I'm going to view me how Jesus views me and not how my parents view me. You have to make the choice to find your worth in who? God. That's exactly right. Now, verse 6 and 7. Continue to live in him. What's that next word? It says rooted and built up in him. We're going to stop right there. To be rooted means to be established in our depths. In other words, Paul is saying, I I don't want you to just simply just make a one-time choice. I want you to root who you are and your entire being. The very depth of who you are, the very core of who you are. I want to root everything that you are in God. The very essence of who you are. I want to root it in your heart. I want you to root it in your emotions. Root it in your hurts. Root it in your failures. Root it in your successes. Root it in every decision. Root yourself in who? God. That's exactly right. Continue to live in Him. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Look at this next part. See to it. That means be on alert. Be cautious. See to it that no one takes you what? Captive through what? Hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principle of this this world, rather than on Christ. Now, in other words, be careful. Be on alert. As you live this life, be careful that you don't allow other people to hijack you by placing a label on you. you got to be careful. Paul continues. You have been given fullness. You have been given fullness, verse 10, in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. There is a battle over who you will allow to label you. And some of you, you're like a can that has a thousand labels on it because you've allowed those labels to stick to you 
and you see yourself in not healthy ways. There is a battle over who you're going to allow to label you. In fact, in John 8, 44, it says this about our enemy, Satan. That he is a liar and he is an accuser. Satan loves to label people. And he hopes that once you get labeled, that that label will stick. And that you will start trusting the label and not on what's inside of you. That's huge. This idea really comes down to verse 10 of the word fullness. Everybody say fullness. That's being full of Jesus, being full of God. We have to make that decision every day. Where are we going to find our fullness? Now, you can try to find your fullness in your spouse, but I'm going to tell you, your spouse is going to come up short. You want to know why? Because the Bible says that they're jacked up. They're sinners. They're not perfect. They're not meant to fill that role. The only person who's meant to fill that role is who? God. God is the only one that you can define your spiritual worth on. And we shouldn't do that with anybody else. Now, we can try to find our fullness in our relationships with friends. We can try to find contentment in in fullness in our children. We can try to find fullness. But no, no, this says you have been given fullness in who? Christ. And that word fullness goes along with strengthened in faith, as it says in verse 6. I mean, are we going to put our faith in people to define our worth? Or are we going to put our faith in God to define our worth? When we put our faith in people, we're going to get hurt. When we put our faith in God, we will never be disappointed. Never, never, never. All right? That's huge. In fact, look at this. It says the word hollow. I, I, I love it. It says hollow philosophy. Don't see that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. People will always follow short. How many of y'all know hollow people? You shouldn't raise your hands. You're not supposed to label people, right? All right, think about this, though, guys, ladies. You see, when we allow people to define our self-worth, we are taken captive by them. And we become hollow. We're trusting in them to bring us the fullness when our fullness can only come in Jesus and God. So are we going to allow our relationships to define us? Or are we going to define our relationships? If we're going to define our relationships, one of the things we're going to need to do is do the flip-flop. In fact, let me show you what this looks like. It says this. Many of us, we place boundaries on our relationship with God. And we center our worth on relationship with others. We place boundaries on our relationship with God. And we center our worth on the relationship with others. Now, here's the reason why we do this. is because we tend to place boundaries on stuff we can't see. And we tend to place our worth in stuff we can see. And because we can't see God, we place boundaries on God. And we, allow, we center our worth on what we can see. The best way I can say that is this. So many times, and I've heard so many supermodels. I remember hearing Cindy Crawford. Have y'all heard of Cindy Crawford? She used to be a supermodel. and I mean, I guess she still is a supermodel. Um, but she was a supermodel like when I was in high school. Back in the 60s. Anyway, um, just joking. All right, or, or Vanna White, right? I've heard both of them say, you know what? There's just some days I feel ugly. Now, the fact of the matter is, they're not ugly. But many times, they base their self-worth 
They center who they are on what they see. And that's the reason why so many times we spend a lot of time getting the outside fixed up. When, and there's nothing wrong with that, but where we should find our core and our peace and our joy and our contentment isn't on how we look or what clothes we wear. It's what's going on on the inside, but we can't see that. So we put boundaries on it. We tend to put boundaries on our relationship with God and center our worth on what on our relationship with others. Now, we need to do the flip-flop. We need to center our worth on our relationship with God and put boundaries on our relationship with others. That is what makes a healthy individual. Center our worth on our relationship with God and put boundaries on our relationship with others. Look at verse 8 again. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. See to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one dominates your identity. In other words, see to it that no one takes the place of God in your life. Because God is the one who's to define our self-worth. If we allow other people to define our self-worth, we will always end up being hurt. Because we have put them in a place where only God should be. This is why for so many people, this whole dominating, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and descent. This is the reason why so many people have it, find a hard time getting out of abusive relationships. Because they've allowed the relationship to define them. And they have not defined the relationship. They can't see their identity outside of that relationship. We need to do the flip-flop. We need to center our self-worth in our relationship with God and how God sees you. By the way, how does God see you? Loved? Accepted? A child of God? If you know Jesus Christ, forgiven? He doesn't ever see your sin? If you don't know Jesus Christ, He sees you as somebody He's created, somebody who He longs to have a relationship with, somebody who's worthy to have a relationship with. I mean, He sees us, and we are to center our relationship with our relationship with God and put boundaries on our relationship with other people. I gotta be honest with you, this is something I have to continually learn. I struggle with this. As our church continues to grow, we're celebrating our fourth year this year in September. As, we, as, our, as our church continues to grow, there are some people that are just like, oh, it's awesome. There's some people that's just like, man, I hate Chris. I'm like, what have I done, right? I don't feel like I've done anything except make fun of cats and things of that nature. All right? <clears throat> but, uh, but, I, but you know what? I, I, and, there, and I do this like on, on, when I get finished preaching on a Sunday morning. Sometimes I, I'll get off stage and go, man, that was awful. And I center my self-worth on how people see me and not centering my self-worth on God. So there's some things, there's some relationships I have to put boundaries on. When I get anonymous letters or anonymous emails, you know, Chris, you stink. I put that in one place. It's called the trash can. Right? Because if they're not going to tell me who they are, I really don't care what they think. Right? Then you get some people, and there's some people like, you know, you know, they've been to one church for four years, and, and they're just, and, man, they're so involved. And they send me an email of constructive criticism. I'm like, okay, I, I, de- I always listen to those. Why? Because those relationships are people that, I'll be honest with you, I value. And especially those people who I do community with. That's a big deal as well. 
So, very huge. Are you going to allow people to label me? And will I allow those labels to stick? If I do, I'm going to become enslaved, captive to those people. Verse 6, last verse. Continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The key of how we see ourselves is this verse. Continue to live in him. That's a day-by-day process. Let me give you a spiritual principle. Spiritual principle here, all right? Um, And this is it. You, many of us, all of us, we will base our identity and our self-worth on the people we spend the most time with. We we base our identity and our self-worth with the people we spend the most time with. That's the reason why we have to be careful who we spend time with. i got to be honest with you. Today, after church, I mean, after you get done here, we're doing something called group link. And what this is, is a way so that you can find healthy relationships. I believe that all of us need healthy relationships. Many of us have relationships. They're just usually not healthy. Because it's people who are slapping labels on us. It's people who just really doesn't take the time to get inside of us. And really don't take the time to open us up and see what really ticks inside of us. They just go, oh, he's just fat. She's a diva. He's a jock. He's a jerk. You know, she's a whatever. We need to find a group, find a community, find an environment where we can open ourselves up. And so that we can become vulnerable and so that people can see what's really inside of us. That only happens at one church. The best place that happens, it's not the only place, but the best place that happens is in community groups. Now, let me tell you a second thing here. The second thing is this. That the reason why we label people is because we don't want to spend time to get to know them as well. And again, this is another place where groups are great for this. Because how our groups meet, our community groups meet for 12 months. And during that 12 months, they meet pretty much almost every week. And they make a commitment. You know what? I'll be honest with you, community groups, they're not for everybody. I, I, I would hope that they would be. But there's some people that they can't carve out time and say, you know what, I'm going to be there. If you're not the one who's going to be consistent, then you don't need to do community groups. Because we want people in our lives to say, you know what? This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm hurting about. I, I, I got a I mom or I got a dad or I got a grandfather or an uncle who keeps on slapping a label on me and it hurts. And you have that group of people who say, you know what? They may slap that label on you all you want, but that's not who you are. Who you are is found in God, in Christ. Make sure that no one takes you captive through those hollow thinking. Allow God to define your self-worth. So my challenge to you very simply today is this. Two challenges. Number one, are you going to continue to allow people to define who you are? Because if you do, you will always be hurt. And number two, my second challenge is this. Will you venture, take a risk, 
take a step out into community and get around a group of people who can help you find your identity in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much, Lord, that we can come. And uh, Lord, that we, to be honest with you, God, that we can come and we can show our struggles and we can share the things that we're struggling with and how people label us. God, all of us struggle with that. All of us. I do. Through voicemails or Facebook or texting or emails, I see those words on the screen and it just feels like a label. God, I pray that you would give us the courage, the strength to be able to peel off those labels that people have placed on us. And Lord, that we would find our identity, our self-worth in you. That we would surround ourselves with healthy people who can help rip off those labels. God, I thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.